0: Well, hey, everybody, welcome back to the Mindful Marriage Podcast, a Hope Fellowship podcast all about helping you survive and thrive in your marriage in ways only God could imagine. I'm your host, Seth Muse, and with me is Hope Fellowship's lead care and support pastor, Brock Yonke, and licensed professional counselor, Tara Wiedemeyer. How's it going, guys? Salutations. Hello. Wow. I can't <laughs> top salutations.
1: I <laughs> to say. Ola.
0: <laughs> wow. I speak that was excellent. multiple
1: languages, obviously.
0: That was excellent inflection, Brock. Thank you. Well, on the last episode, we talked about communication. We nailed down the four T's of communication. We talked about love maps. It was very, very helpful. If you haven't listened to that, go back and listen to it. In fact, get all these episodes if you haven't gone back yet and listened to it. I don't know why you'd start on the last one. But go back and check those out. Uh, so we're done with that. But today, I wanted to dig into a, a, kind of some real-world practical uh, stuff because Brock was telling me a story about when he actually had to meet Tara and kind of didn't go as planned and <sighs> kind of started to throw a little bit of a tantrum like a small child would throw a tantrum. I don't know if
1: I'd go the, as he far threw as his milk. the tantrum.
0: He threw <laughs> his milk across the uh, <laughs> onto no, no. the ground. Stomped his feet. <laughs> he
1: stomped his feet. These things did not happen. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Brock, tell us what happened. Give us the scenario. Well, the reason we're
1: wanting to do this is because obviously there comes up in every marriage conflict all the time. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot of times it's a little misunderstanding. Like, how do, can you manage your emotions? How can you manage that conflict? And so one of the things that's kind of a, a real world example for me is that uh, I'm a timely person. I kind of have that subscribe to that day. If you're not about 10 minutes early, you're probably late. Mm-hmm. Uh, my wife doesn't you know, necessarily feel that way. Uh, my friend Tara does not feel that way in any way, shape, or form. And so we were meeting uh, several weeks ago to kind of plan out what these six episodes of the podcast would look like. And so we're meeting in a coffee shop. I get there 10 minutes early. I'm excited. I'm excited about the podcast. And I see Tara over in her vehicle on the phone. So I'm like, oh, this is cool. We're going to start early. You're probably thinking, yay, she's here early. Exactly. So the time gets closer to when we're supposed to meet. The time passes when we were supposed to meet. It's now probably 10 minutes past. Yes, this is what really happened. I don't think when it was 10 minutes. Past when we were supposed to meet. This is my version. You could tell your version. Okay. A me. full
0: a, hour A passes. full hour.
1: No, 10 minutes. And So <laughs> so what happens What to me in those situations is I start to get kind of, it's because of my own internal issues, I start to get bothered by that and think if it's my wife or friend or whoever that this person is not valuing me the way they should. And so I start to get kind of, I can feel some emotional stuff happening and I can't even describe it. It's like a ball of emotion starts to to build. And so then I start to get kind of, my internal dialogue goes negative. Yeah. I'm like, why, why isn't this going the way I want? And why is this person not valuing me? And so therefore if it's Tara, I can walk up and she can say, I'm sorry. And I can kind of, okay, no big deal. But if it's my wife and does that, I'm, I'm out of pocket for a little while because I'm so emotionally disturbed. And so we're trying to figure out how in those moments when we start to get upset, can we do a better job of managing that? So we thought it would just be fun to use this story yeah. and see what's going on inside of both people's brains right. in that moment. So I'm feeling devalued. Tara's sitting in the car. And go.
0: Yeah, and Tara, while Brock was in his glass case of emotion, (laughs) what was happening on your end that actually was actually happening? So, the true story here. here we
1: go.
0: The rational version. I
1: can feel that emotional Uh, ball rising right now for some reason.
2: So, I did. I got there early with the intent of being early because I know that Brock values time. And I I don't value it as much, but I want to be on time if I can and obviously not be late. Um, I feel guilty a lot of times if I run late, especially if it's somebody who is a timely person, Mm -hmm. and that's one of their values. So I get there early, but um, I had to take a phone call, and the phone call, I was actually on the phone with a, a client, and we were working through some stuff that needed to happen right then, and so I didn't, Brock was actually, when I got out of my car, I saw him stand up from a table that he was sitting at outside, and I hadn't even seen him sitting outside, so I couldn't even, like, you know, wave and let him know, like, hey, I'm here, that kind of thing, or anything like that. So when I got out of the car, he gets up, and I'm like, oh, man, he saw me, like, just sitting there the whole time. <laughs> I know he's going to be, like, probably upset or freaking out. Busted. And so um, I had t- – and I felt super guilty for being a few minutes. I don't believe it was 10. I want to say it was 4, but hope, that's fine. I'm erring um, toward 12 to 15. Okay. <laughs> so I – um you know, the whole time I'm on the phone with my client. I know that I'm doing the right thing because I needed to take this call. And that's, you know, that's my job. And I, I needed to help this person with something. And so I knew that once I explained it to him, he would most likely be okay yep. and get that. Um, but I did feel I did have my own stuff going on inside of me. Like, oh, my gosh, I'm, I'm watching the clock. And I'm like, okay, we're one minute past. We're two minutes past. We're it only got up to four minutes, whatever. And so... I am aware that he's probably going to be I don't know that offended was the right word but I was I was afraid I was going to hurt his feelings and I didn't want to do that um and so I got out I ex- I you know I approached him we kind of you know had a little tiff a little tiff if you will super fun but also very productive and so that's why we are using this because we were both I mean literally in the same spot mm-hmm. but in totally different head spaces and um, mine was never to devalue him or to, it wasn't personal. You know, I, I had to do this thing. But I, until he had context around that, he couldn't, he was going to this place in his head and making up his own story. Yeah. Right. And,
0: and how often is that the case where you're two people in your marriage, you're in the same spot, you're in two totally different head spaces about what's going on and what's happening. So uh, connect this story for us to some, to our marriages a little bit, guys. Uh, what, what are we, what are we to learn from this
1: I think one of the lessons we've got to learn is that it's so easy for us in a marriage after we've been involved with someone for a long time or a friendship or whatever it is, to always assume the worst. And so we're reading into that story and thinking, well, they're just not paying attention to me. Like, why are they being so selfish or whatever? And so it's instead of trying to believe the best, like, oh, this must be important, this person. So I think that's one of the things we have to do is kind of start off with that, like, not always believing our spouses out to get us because we can't really change that human being anyway. So we're just kind of working on our response that how in this moment, even if I am being devalued, how in this moment can I honor God a little bit better than just honoring my own emotions, my own needs. So that's kind of, just, I think there's a mental piece that we have to go through and we start to feel that, you know, that uh, that ball of emotion, or whatever it is, come inside of us and realize, hey, here's an opportunity for me to either really kind of hurt another human being or glorify God. I don't know if that's too simple, but that's kind of, the I think, the beginning of that starting that thought process. I don't
2: think it's too simple at all. I think, again, we need to go back to the basics in those moments mm-hmm. to help, like, de-escalate things. But it's—I I think a lot of times, too, if you do feel whether it's true or not, but how you feel is true in that moment, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. But if you're feeling devalued or unheard or just something negative and unpleasant— Yes, honoring God and how can I like what can I get out of this that's actually positive and truth and um, become better or more resilient maybe through the process, but also how do I take care of myself in those moments and honor what I am feeling? These these emotions aren't negative, but how I feel definitely is. And how do I take care of this and just sit in this for a minute and not tell myself you know assume the worst or not tell myself stories that I aren't based in truth or fact. And then once we do have context, that's the thing. Every time we have context to even the hard stuff, it usually helps us go through that experience. So when we have context to something that really wasn't a negative thing to begin with, generally, then we're like, oh, I got you, man. Let's go have Mm -hmm. coffee and like, have a good day now. Because if know? that would
1: have been my wife in that situation, I might have just started saying, Why in the world are you not bowing me? Why would you I know you saw me <laughs> sitting in that car, you know, and so but that doesn't lead to anything, you know, productive. But you right. said kind of what we talked about before about building a love map, like giving this person a chance to hear their side of the story. And once I heard her side of the story, I'm like well, you did the right thing. Why in the world did you even think about getting out of the car when you're helping this human being? And I know that Tara is painting a picture of me being a big baby right now. I realize that's happening. I
2: believe that was Seth.
0: <laughs> it was really easy <laughs> it, to it, do. It, it was
1: both of you, and so, <laughs> it's it, so, like it was just in that moment, but just giving that person a chance to sh- hear their side of the story. Yeah. Then all of a sudden, I had compassion. Like, well, yeah. If you need, you need another ten minutes. <laughs> and
2: I knew, and that's the thing is, I because I've built a love map for you. That mm. sounds weird to say, but. Um, I know because he. the reason I was bothered to begin with is because I know you value time. Mm-hmm. But also, I also knew that once I explained it, you were going to give me grace, Yeah, you know, and you weren't going to be like, geez, Terry, you're the worst. You're an idiot. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I think another thing, too, that to keep in mind— and I'm just beginning to kind of work on this in my marriage because I just kind of discovered this idea. It's like I like to rate my emotional well-being on a scale of 1 to 10, and I'm kind of realizing that if I can feel like I'm above like a 3 or a 4, I'm not in good a good space in my brain. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm kind of in attack mode or stand up on that pedestal mode and lecture to that other person mode. And so if I can kind of learn to rate my emotional level, and if it's above a three or four, the best practice for me is to say nothing because everything that's going to come out of my mouth is going to be really negative toward that human being. Yeah. But then at that moment, try to self-calm myself, which mm-hmm. may be like saying a prayer Breathing a little bit, actually, kind of a physical response to what's going on. Uh, walking through in my brain like, hey, this person's probably, I didn't think the best of them, but kind of just calming myself down. Because if I bring anything up at that moment, I'm in that heightened state of emotion. It's going to go negative. And so learning, like we talked about the four T's of communication, a lot of it is timing and reading my own timing that right now I'm going to really mess this up if I talk. Yeah.
0: And and how much of that, when you're when you're creating that narrative that you've got in your head of here's what. Here's what's going on. They're not respecting me. They're not making me feel valued, et cetera. You're, you're coming up with that in your head. So how much of that is actually just coming from your own experience?
1: All of it. <laughs> yeah.
2: I think,
0: you know, I
2: think the majority of it for sure. But at the same time, without context, you know, he's sitting at that table looking at my vehicle. He can see clearly that I'm in it. And he's like, what the heck is this? And so part of it is just the unknown. Mm-hmm. Um, I see X, Y, and Z, it, it must mean this, mm-hmm. you know, or it, it, make, it would make the most sense that it means this. And then, again, though, without that context and without me explaining, like, I can't just hang up the dead gum phone, mm-hmm. you know, he's not going to get that. And so I do think a lot of that is his, his own experience. Um, but I think a lot of it, too, is, like, he is, he is actually seeing this thing, and he doesn't know what it means, so there's just a big question mark until he can ask those questions.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I think that's a that's a marker of just general conversation today mm-hmm. is that it's really difficult for people to get out of their own headspace, give people the benefit of the doubt, not project themselves onto you, but just think – like, maybe this person doesn't mean the horrific thing I think they mean.
1: Correct, yeah. Right.
0: Maybe they don't mean to hurt me in the horrible way they're hurting me. Maybe I'm just taking it the wrong way. Yeah. Like, there's th- that benefit of the doubt. You see that in political discussion. You see that in theological discussion, especially when you're online. And that, I think, is is one of those de- deals that's just, it's a skill that we have to learn. And I think that what you're saying is, like, in marriage is one of those places It's actually safer— to, to practice that kind of mm-hmm. stop, let's make sure we know what we're doing, what are we, what are we really seeing, what are we really feeling. Mm-hmm. Talk to the person you have that access. So and, and
1: don't you, just react in an, like an emotional an, animal all the time. Yeah. Just like, here's this emotion, Bah, I'm going to attack, but to mm-hmm. say, how can I process? What's, what animal
2: would you have been that day?
1: Um, I think I would have been... Lemming. Oh, I was going to say a lemur. <laughs> I was going to uh,
2: say an antelope.
1: <laughs> this episode is supposed to be about dealing conflict, not attacking... <laughs> Another human being, but, uh, you know, just like having that place to process. But again, it goes back to the healthier we are inside and the more we've dealt with our own negative experiences, negative emotions, the more able we are to process process that. So the better we can do in taking care of ourselves, the better we're going to, be able to give care to someone else. And I love the biblical idea that God gave in Genesis says I'm going to bless you so you can bless others, Mm -hmm. and it's the same idea that we're doing. I'm going to take care of me, not so I can be this selfish, great human being, but I want to take care of me so I can actually love my spouse the way God intended for me, love my children, love my coworkers, those around me. So that journey to really being healthy inside is really about other human beings Mm -hmm. so you can treat them in a way that honors God instead of you know takes maybe value away from God.
2: So I— fully agree with that and I think one thing that helps with that it's hard to do but one of the things you said early on in this episode was you know it's so easy to just assume the worst Mm -hmm. about people you know Um, but when we've done that work and we are trying to give the benefit of the doubt um, we don't automatically just go to that space and so if you know like maybe the next time you feel like your feelings are hurt or that they intentionally even tried to you know attack you or hurt you what if in that moment you're able to, and maybe it's going to take a little while for the dust to settle and be, emotions to come down, but what if we were to say, okay, like, like basically play play devil's advocate there, like, what if they weren't trying to hurt me? What mm-hmm. if they, what if there's something going on that I don't know, and then trying to almost have a, an inner debate with yourself and come from the other side, because a lot of times, if we can do that, by the time we are able to address it with that person. Not that it doesn't need to be addressed, but that we have, we're already okay, mm-hmm. and we no matter what they come at us with, we're okay with whatever it is because we're in a good spot and we've forgiven or we're extending grace or whatever it is. You know, recently I received a message from someone, and I know this person, um, pretty well, and the tone of it, and this goes back to don't text mm-hmm. things that you probably should say face to face, but the way it was written, I took it as I read it as, um. It kind of sounded aggressive and a little bit—well, um, it wasn't kind, mm-hmm. <laughs> basically, you know? And so I'm like, what the heck? It kind of like—it threw me off guard, and I'm like, this this doesn't really know, line up with what I know about this person or our relationship. And so as I—I I just, you know, I chewed on it for a while, and I really just kind of—I I got to a point where I was like, okay, this can't be—even though it, it looks it looks bad— this I don't believe without knowing anymore that this is what she could have meant mm-hmm. um, because I know her and I know her heart. So I picked up the phone and I called her and I said, hey, can, let, let's talk about that text because I'm super confused. Well, come to find out, you know, it was all good. But like she was sending it without having some information that she needed. Mm-hmm. So she was sending it with the, these holes in the story. And I already mm-hmm. I knew what the holes were. So we were coming from totally different points of view. And once I explained that, I, she was able to see my my where I was, and I was able to see, oh, I see why she was like, it sounded that way. Um, and it wouldn't even have been, it wouldn't have sounded rude, or I wouldn't have read it as that had I known her position ahead of time. Oh, yeah. So we just, it's okay to, like, be curious with this stuff and then follow and, up and
1: and put ourselves in the other person's shoes yes. and think they might be having a bad day. They might have had something. They might need a little time just whatever just to kind of yeah. not always think from our perspective but think from their perspective yeah. as well. And it's been interesting to me since that incident happened and I kind of shared with Tara that kind of time, you know, was a big deal. It's like I almost feel guilty now because, you know, cause I know that she's really working hard mm-hmm. to be placed on time and there's other because she's got young kids and sometimes if we have an appointment or something like that, it's it's out of your control. We live in a big city where there's a lot of traffic and there's things that are out of our control. There's clients, and so it's like trying to put ourselves in other person's shoes. And now, all of a sudden, we have empathy instead of mm-hmm. anger towards that person because now, oh, I see it from their side of the the story. Know that they're both trying to begin trying to do the right thing. And I've yeah.
2: been very much more aware and cognizant of being on time, or you know, even calling ahead of time and saying like, "I think I'm going to be five minutes late," even if I'm not, because I do, I do want to honor other people's time for one. But mm-hmm. if that is a value for them. And I care about that person, even if even if I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't want to. I don't want to step sure. on their toes, right. you know. And I want mm-hmm. them to know my heart. And so sometimes we can't give a, a heads up to that, but if we can, um, you yeah. know, even that works. That's it's a just good being tip. kind to think mm-hmm. of another human being.
0: And, and actually, what you're describing is is compassion. Mm-hmm. You're having compassion for someone. It's a, it's right. an understanding and a putting yourself in the other shoes. It it reminds me of a biblical story, if I can do that for a second um
1: i guess we can go biblically. can we do that <laughs> yeah, can we yeah. talk about the bible yeah
0: um and there's a, the story of jesus he's been healing people and they're following him around and then he's like let's get in the boat let's go across the sea and they're exhausted and they're tired and so they get in the boat and actually jesus walks on the water there and the disciples go ahead so they meet on the other side when they get there the crowds ran around the the the, the sea to get there and so they're waiting for him when he gets there and they're exhausted they're hungry and that's when Jesus it says that Jesus looked at them and had compassion, and that's when you have the feeding of the five thousand mm-hmm. take place. And so it's that act of, I am so exhausted, I do not want to do this. Even Jesus felt that, being one hundred percent human, one hundred percent deity, he felt that, and so he was like, ah, but he has compassion. Mm-hmm. And so then he says, let's feed these people. Yeah, you know, and 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 I think that's a picture of of what you've been describing is putting yourself in the shoes of those people and really seeing like. What is really going on in their life? What do they really need most? And, and for our marriages, that is such a paramount idea mm-hmm. for for having a healthy marriage with communication that's, that's working both ways really well. And, and it just kind of, to me, compassion is the word that sums that's up a great what you're it. describing. Yeah. Yeah. So you guys, this has been really great. Any parting shots for this episode of, uh, of wisdom that you might have for our people?
1: I think I'd just real quickly say, go back to what we discussed in the previous episode. And the same idea of, of compassion is like, man, that really helps marriage a lot. When I'm in my mind, always thinking, questions, questions, questions. Let me get to know this human being better. And the more I do that, the easier it is to show that compassion.
2: Cool. Um, for me, I would say focusing on the facts and watching that inner dialogue and what stories are you telling yourself. And a lot of times we don't even realize they're stories. So mm-hmm. start paying attention to that and building that awareness, um, becoming more mindful of how we're, talking to ourselves or talking um, through a situation without having proper context. All right. So
1: that's why we call it the Mindful Marriage Podcast, as we're this Is we're thinking about our, this is what's true. going on in our brains. All right, good.
0: <laughs> well, guys, thank you so much for taking the time to do this for our people and for those that are listening, helping marriages at Hope and, and elsewhere that might be needing to get, get some tune-up and, and figure some things out. So thank you guys so much. Thanks, everybody, for a great first season of the Mindful Marriage Podcast, and uh, thank you for listening. We really hope we've helped you to survive and thrive in your marriage in ways only God could imagine. We'll see you next season.
2: Thanks for listening to the Mindful Marriage Podcast. Learn more about the marriage ministry at Hope by visiting hopefellowship.net slash marriage.